Thank you, Mr. Stewart. We're going to invite you to turn in the Scriptures, please, to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew's Gospel, the ninth chapter. We'd like to read a few verses. We'll begin at the end of the chapter, verse 36. And then we'll read down into chapter 10 as far as verse 7. Matthew chapter 9 in the 36th verse. And let us hear the word of the Lord to our hearts tonight. Speaking about the Lord Jesus, it says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad, as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Labius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve, Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. We'll end just there tonight, the close of verse 7. We're sure the Lord will add his blessing uh, to this, the public reading of his word. We thank the Reverend Stuart for the warm words of welcome. We're very thankful for the opportunity to be at your midweek service tonight. Uh, we're here to represent the mission board and especially to represent the work in Uganda, a work that is very near to our hearts. It's almost 10 years since we as a denomination became involved in the work there in Uganda. Uh, that 10th anniversary will come up just next springtime. And we do believe the Lord has opened a great door and effectual to us uh, there in that land for the spread of the gospel. Just before you see the video presentation, I want to emphasize the words uh, just at the end of chapter 9, verses 37 and 38. Then saith he, that is the Lord Jesus, then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I want to 
take the opportunity just at the outset uh, to encourage you to read, encourage you to be a reader. Paul said to Timothy that we're to give attendance uh, to reading. I know there are many demands, many pressures upon us, upon our time. It's important, it's vital to set aside time regularly for reading. When we were in South Wales, we went into one of the secondary schools to speak at assembly. At that time, they had a reading program for the young people. Uh, They were concerned about the amount of time the young people were spending watching television, sitting on their computers, playing computer games. So they planned and devised a special reading program. They called it DEAR, D-E-A-R. The letter stood for drop everything and read. And that's a good habit to form. Every day you need to drop everything, whatever it is you're doing. Set all those things aside and spend a little time in reading, especially the reading of God's Word, first and foremost. But it's good also to read other literature that will help you in your Christian life, your understanding of the Scriptures. I want especially tonight to encourage you to read uh, biographies, uh, Christian biographies, the lives of those men and women that God put his hand upon in former times and used their lives in a very singular manner. As far as pioneer missionaries in Uganda are concerned, uh, there at the end of the 19th century, there were, there were three men in particular that the Lord used. Uh, there was James Hannington uh, from the southern part of England. He was martyred there for the, the faith of the gospel. He's buried in Uganda. His dying words were tell Mwanga, he was the king of Uganda at that time, that I have purchased the road to Uganda with my own blood. George Pilkington was also used at that time. He came from an aristocratic family in Southern Ireland. He was especially used in the translation of the scriptures into the Luganda language. He was one of the foremost translators of the Luganda Bible. And he saw a little bit of revival during his missionary labours too, uh, out in Combe Island, which is just off the, uh, the coast there of Lake Victoria. The missionary especially I want to emphasise to you tonight is a Scotch man called Alexander Murdoch Mackay. He was a son of the Manse. His father was a Presbyterian minister in Aberdeenshire, way up there in the northern part of uh, Scotland. Henry Morton Stanley, remember the journalist that went out to Africa uh, to find David Livingstone? He said, following the death of Mackay, that he was the greatest missionary since Livingstone. So that is quite a recommendation, quite a reference. Mackay said his heart burned for the deliverance of Africa. You can still sense, still feel the burden that he had for the souls of the men and women and young people of that continent. He was given a name by the Ugandans, Mzunga Wakazi. It means white man of work. They, they could see. It was clear to them he was a man of labours, a man of industry. Even they could, could note that. Alexander Murdoch Mackay died suddenly. He died quickly. He took a bout of malaria And within three or four days, he was called from this scene of time at just 40 years of age. He's also buried in Uganda 
Nemarembe Cathedral, the Anglican Cathedral in Kampala, the two graves are not very far apart, uh, no further apart than uh, the length of this hall uh, tonight. Let me tell you how Murdoch Mackay was called uh, to Uganda. Henry Morton Stanley, when he came back from Africa, he came back with a, a message from Matessa. Matessa was the king of Uganda at that time. Our mission station uh, is located in the ancient kingdom of uh, Uganda. So Henry Morton Stanley came back with a message, of, a message from Matessa. And the message was this, Uganda wants missionaries. And brethren and sisters, that's still the same. That's still the case. 150 years later, I bring that same message to your midweek service here in Balamina uh, tonight. Uganda wants, Uganda needs missionaries. And I want to urge you uh, to pray to that end. Uh, take that need, take that burden uh, upon your heart. You think of the souls of that vast continent. It's often described as the dark continent because of the spiritual darkness that has rested upon it. The population of Africa uh, today is almost 1.5 billion uh, people. It's hard for us just to quantify that, uh, to, to picture it. Uganda, its population is nearly 50 million people. Half of the population of Uganda is 14 years of age and under. Uganda's population stands out as the youngest population across the face of the earth. 2.5 million or thereabouts uh, are orphans, mainly orphaned because uh, of AIDS. So I want you to see tonight there is a great need. There's a great work. Uh, the verses that we have read say the harvest truly is plenteous. May the Lord impress that afresh upon our hearts tonight. We sometimes sing the little chorus, untold millions are still untold. So we look out across the earth tonight, we could amend that chorus a little and say that untold billions are still untold. So I want to ask you just for a moment or two, I ask you to think of those souls and think of souls dying in spiritual darkness, dying without Christ. You think of how many have perished, uh, even in the few minutes since this meeting commenced. And I pray that that may touch your heart this evening. As you sit in this meeting, God might speak to you so that you will pledge yourself, that you will dedicate your life to be a missionary of uh, the gospel. So I stress that to you tonight, men and women. Uganda wants, Uganda needs missionaries. And they need those missionaries to reach those souls. Those souls in spiritual darkness with the message of the gospel. Can I ask, is there someone in the gathering tonight and you're willing to go, willing to be a missionary, willing to give your life, to surrender your life, willing to go to the Whitfield College of the Bible and train and then go, uh, go to Africa, maybe go to Uganda in years to come as a servant of the Lord, as an ambassador of Jesus Christ.
At the time that Murdoch Mackay surrendered his life, he was living in Germany, living just outside the city of Berlin. He had a very good job. He was a very capable young man. He was enjoying a very good salary for uh, the, the times in which he lived. He had great prospects, a great career ahead of him as an engineer. But he gave it all up. He placed it all on the altar. In the Old Testament, one of the characteristics of the burnt offering, the words are actually used in the book of Leviticus, all on the altar. Are you willing for that tonight? Well, Murdoch Mackay placed all on the altar in obedience to the call to give his life uh, for missionary work in Uganda. So Uganda wants missionaries, brethren and sisters. And I ask tonight, will you dedicate your life? Dedicate your life to be a missionary in Africa, maybe in Uganda. The Lord says, son or daughter, go work today. Go work today in my vineyard. You know, it's not just the unsaved that procrastinate and put off the vital decisions of life. Maybe the Lord has been speaking to you about this matter for some time. Remember that the scriptures say, choose ye this day whom ye shall serve. The emphasis again is upon making an immediate decision for service, for surrender uh, to the will of God and to the work uh, of the gospel. You notice there in chapter 10, verse 5, it says, these 12 Jesus sent forth. Can I put the emphasis on the first word? These, these 12 Jesus sent forth. That's the same 12 that the Lord Jesus is speaking to in verse 37. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. And then in verse 38, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest. And the lesson's this, brethren and sisters. I pray the Lord will enable you to see it tonight. The lesson is that those that the Lord told to pray, those that he instructed, commanded, exhorted to pray, that the Lord would send more laborers, they were the very ones that he sent to labor and to preach and to spread the gospel. It's good that you're praying you know, sometimes we hide behind our prayers. It is very good that you are praying. We encourage that, and we have in the message already. But maybe the Lord wants to send you as a missionary. Maybe the Lord wants you to be his servant, his ambassador in some foreign land. I encourage you to read the story of Lottie Moon, or Charlotte Moon. She was an American missionary. The 19th century, she went to China, served there for 40 years. The education system that she grew up in, she was sent along to boarding schools. She was a product of that sort of background. She wasn't very well behaved, in fact. She was a wild young lady. Her, her full name was Charlotte D. Moon. One day, sitting at the dinner table, one of her friends in the boarding school inquired, what does the D stand for? As quick as a flash, quite sharply, she replied, devil. 
That's the sort of girl she was. She wanted them to know she had no interest in meetings, no interest in church. Her name, the D, stood for Diggs. It was a family name that was given to her at, uh, at her birth. The fact was, she was the very last person that anybody in that school ever thought would be saved, would become a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. But what happened was, God stepped into her life, and he not only saved her, but he called her. He called her to be a missionary. She was praying. I've been exhorting you to pray tonight. Uh, that's the way we address the problem of a lack of laborers, whether it's in the home church or on the mission field. We obey the exhortation of the Savior. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers. I've been encouraging you uh, to pray tonight. And she was doing that. She'd been in a meeting, church meeting one Sunday morning. The pastor of the church had been emphasizing the great needs of the mission field. He had been encouraging the congregation to take that upon their hearts, have a greater burden for the work that needed to be done overseas to pray for more missionaries to be raised up. And she was taking that to heart. She was praying earnestly for more missionaries to be sent. And she heard a voice saying, you go. It, it was so clear, so audible. She looked round. She thought someone was standing beside her, behind her. But she came to realize that it was the Spirit speaking in her heart. Me? Lottie Moon? Go to be a missionary of the gospel? And she did, men and women. She surrendered her life. Took seven years of preparation before she set sail. Took her a month on the boat to, to arrive in China in those days. Quite a story. So I urge you men and women tonight, pray for laborers. Pray for laborers for East, East Africa, Uganda, Kenya as well as Uganda. There's a great need for workers. But as you pray for others to go, consider carefully tonight that maybe you're the one Maybe it's you that the Lord wants to go and labor uh, for him. I'll finish with this. C.T. Studd. C.T. Studd, one of the most famous cricketers that England ever produced. C.T. Studd, one of the Cambridge Seven, very highly educated young man. He obeyed the call of God whenever they were looking for new missionaries to go to China under the China Inland Mission. It's interesting, you know, that C.T. Studd's wife came from Lisburn, during Bow Street, uh, just there, one of those buildings along the front of Bow Street, not far from the Bow Street Mall. Priscilla Stewart was her name. She was one of those that obeyed the call of God to go to the mission field at, at that time as well. So he labored in China and India. The greatest part of his missionary service was in the Congo, in the central part of Africa. He was one of the founders of what became known as Ham, uh, the Heart of Africa mission. Labored out there, and he died and was buried out there as well. C.T. Studd, during his lifetime, wrote a little poem. You may not be familiar with the poem, but I'm sure 
that most, if not everybody in the meeting tonight, is familiar with two lines that are repeated in every verse of that poem. Let me just quote to you the, the first verse. Two little lines I heard one day while traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be past and it is only what is done for Christ that will last. There's two onlys in the verse. Just think of them carefully. There's only one life. We're only given one opportunity to do a work for God and to give our lives in his service. And it is only men and women. Whatever else you do, whatever else you achieve, whatever else you accomplish in this world, never forget it's only what is done for Christ and it will last. May the Lord bless to every heart those, those few comments.